0: In a relatively old bio of mine, I describe myself as someone who desires to provide language for the process of life and faith. I'm a words person. Not everyone has to be or is, but I certainly care quite a bit about the words I use and the words that I take into my life. A lot of that came from a book I read a number of years ago by Marilyn Chandler McIntyre. The book is called Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. And right smack dab in the middle of the book is this notion that she writes with beautiful words. It says the business of telling the truth and caring for the words we need for that purpose is more challenging than ever before. Simply the scale on which lies can be and are propagated can be overwhelming, end quote. Because of that urgency, I've moved from just admiring and enjoying poetry to understanding the vital nature of poetry as a gift to, and a tool of, great, good, and powerful culture. For a number of years, Tanner Olson has been making poetry and putting it in the world. He's also one of those artists who recognizes that the work he does requires a bit of translation. He's not just a poet who puts poems in the world and hopes that people might or might not get them. He actually invites people into his process as a writer because he is actually doing the work of caring for the language he's using and its impact on those that take it in. I've enjoyed watching him from afar. I've enjoyed our uh, growing friendship and I really enjoy this conversation. I think you will too. Where are you right now? You're, you're at home. Where is home? In
1: Nashville. You're I mean, in Nashville? Nashville. Yeah. Okay.
0: Where in Nashville are you? Are you in you like downtown? You're in because people are like I'm in Nashville, but they mean Franklin.
1: Oh no no no! We are North Nashville, so not not East Nashville. I mean, East Nashville is like ten minutes from us. Franklin's probably like forty minutes from us. Okay. We, um, yeah. So we, my wife went to Vanderbilt. Okay. And she's from Indiana, but went to Vanderbilt and graduated in 2012. and then she hung around here for like eight years and then we worked in Texas for a little bit and then just moved back in like, I think August of 2019. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah. So we haven't been here for, for too long, but she, I mean, she had her whole community of people was, was still here. Um, and it was like one of those no brainer things to, to move back up this way. Um, where are you from so, though? Like, like, not are you, you're, you're not from Nashville. Yeah. No, I'm from so I'm from Orlando. I grew up in a town called Oviedo, which is like like 20 minutes outside um, of Orlando. And then I went to college in Wisconsin, and then kind of bounced around. Um, so Nashville is not home for me either. No. Um, but yeah. But you I,
0: ended up in I, Nashville I, I'm, because I'm, she was in college, developed a little bit of a thing, or you came back.
1: Do you like it there? Yeah, do you yeah, feel so, Do you feel home
0: there? I I don't.
1: Uh, I think. I would if 2020 <laughs> had looked different.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Because, we, we, you know, we, we landed in 2019, at the end of 2019, and then I started touring like September, October, November, December, and then January and February. Like, I was gone for at least two weeks every every month that we were here. Hmm. Uh, so, I didn't really have time to get to know the city, and it was winter. And, I mean, winter in most states is like, pass, you know? That's <laughs> because you're I'm from Florida. It's actually out. <laughs> that's good oh, man, uh, yeah dude i mean well i lived in so i worked at a camp in northern wisconsin too for a couple of years and like the sun came up at seven thirty and went down at like four fifteen when yes. i lived up there yeah it was it's quite quite uh quite miserable but uh yeah so i've gotten to live a lot of different places but I, I do like i really like nashville actually my two childhood best friends live here now as well okay so it's uh so i've got some people um here but i mean i still like I, I don't i don't feel like this is my like my city not that it would ever be my city but like right. it's not like i've stuck my flag in it been like we're here uh I it's a place it's a place like
0: it's, in the, like it's a place you feel like you live for now but you don't but there's a yeah. you, it sounds like you're, there's kind of a pull somewhere
1: yeah i'm good wherever uh, i think <laughs> well River. i'm not going back to wisconsin uh <laughs> good but, wherever except uh, wisconsin okay except wisconsin is there a yeah, place yeah. like I, is, I, I, is is uh,
0: what you said it's o- ovita is the name of the town
1: Ovido. ovito yeah Oviedo. and uh, there's a town in some country that's also ovito uh but my, my my folks and my brother and sister-in-law they all live down there still so i'm the only one of my immediate family who escaped
0: huh do you feel like that's still home da, like where would you say like if i when i say home like emotionally where does your where does your heart go
1: it's florida like for sure in general florida in, in it, i mean the yes florida is well i think florida will always be home okay um but really it's wherever like my wife is you know oh wow um so yeah, because I've gotten I've gone home a couple of times without her. And it's been it's been like good to be there. But it was like, oh, something's missing. And then I go home and I or I go back to where she is, which is home in Nashville. And it's like, oh, I'm home now. OK, so. Um, so it's like a both and kind of situation. Yeah. But she's like, I oh, work living in Florida. <laughs> and I understand. I re- I read the news. We're not going back to Florida. <laughs>
0: <not going> back. <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> Yeah, I love it,
1: though. And truly, like growing up in Florida, I I feel like I got a a great childhood because when you live in Orlando, you're I mean, it's probably it's very similar to California, too. Right. Like you're surrounded by people from all over the country with all these different backgrounds. And I think Florida has less of like they're like less neighborhoods. Whereas like, cause like you're out in California, right? And like, I've been yeah. out there a couple of times and it's like, uh, well, people from this country live here and here and here in Florida, everyone's just kind of like thrown together hmm. and everyone is basically like, we like warm weather in Disney. That's why we're here. Yeah. And it's,
0: yeah. That's how it goes. So you like, you like the kind of the, the collision of culture and yeah. various, are you a crowds it's person cool. in general? Like you like being around the crowds and
1: I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, it kind of depends on what are we crowding around or what do we crowd for? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if it's like uh if we're at a concert, depends on who's playing, but for the most part, yeah. Uh, but I think even just with this past year, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed not being around group, like large groups of people. Really? Uh, and I, and I, and I kind of wonder like how many other people are going to come out of this and be like, yeah, and I'll just watch it at home, you know, or, I, yeah. You know, I'm so I'm 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 interested to kind of see how the world shakes out when everything kind of plays out. But yeah, right. um, I used to be a big crowds person, love being around people. And now it's and I think maybe it's because after like touring and going or being around a bunch of people and then being exhausted because of that, um, maybe that's changed some things for me. But yeah, it kind of depends on what we're crowding around. Like if we're going to a basketball game, I don't care how many people are there. I want to go watch. Yeah. So yeah. Talk
0: about, talk about the touring bit for, for, a, a, you know, for a moment here is, I mean, you did, you, you've you gone out a, a few times, you've been on the road, you've done some traveling. Are you usually by yourself when you travel? Talk a little bit about like, kind of like your touring, pro, touring protocol. And then like, do you like the road? Do you like travel? Do you like, do you like performance? Like, you know, as a poet, I mean, your whole thing is like, it's written to speak. And so yeah. there's the, there is this like interactive thing. There's like... But do you do you enjoy that part of it? Like, like talk about the whole thing from like traveling to being in the room with people to the hotels. Like, like do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you like parts of it? Talk about it.
1: I think the answer is I yes. Uh, I love it. Like, I I don't. I don't necessarily love being away from uh, my wife. And our friends in Nashville, but I do love getting to whether it's a church or a school or an organization, and and sharing po- poetry and the things that I've written with people. And uh, more often than not, the shows that I've done there, it's it's kind of a combination of like me sharing poetry, me telling stories, and then me doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't say that I do stand-up comedy because that's just like a that's a lot of pressure. It's and a I'm lot. Not to call myself a comedian yet. No. But when people say like yeah I just I'm not there I'm not maybe one day but when I when I you know when I do a show people walk away saying you know hey that was I didn't know what to expect but it wasn't that but I loved it yeah um and because people have this like I think a very narrow view of what poetry is yes and like they they fit a poet into a box mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think I fit that box at least I hope not um not that there's anything wrong with that box that's just not that's not the box where I call home. Um but I, I love, I love touring. Um, and for me, it's, it's looked a couple of different ways. Um, usually it'd be like, like four or five days out, uh, and I'll like rent a car and then, and then drive everything, um, and stay in hotels or on the floors of my friend's houses or were really wherever I can, can find a place. Um, it's not, not glamorous by any means, uh, but when you truly believe in something, you'll you'll do whatever to see that through. And I truly believe that there is something powerful about sharing words of hope and communicating stories that that are personal, but also can um, be held in the hands of another person. And, yeah. and then they understand it as well. Huh. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I think that answers the question. I just yeah, I, I really I do enjoy the touring part. I enjoy the sharing, but the sharing is exhausting. And it is draining. But after I'm, I'm home from a tour, I'm, I feel like I've done something. Yeah.
0: You yeah, know, yeah,
1: like yeah. I feel like I, I did, I did something and I wasn't just writing at home and putting it on the internet. Yeah. Although I love that part as well.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's a, yeah. it's a different interaction is w- specifically with words is to be in a room with folks to like, like you're again, your thing, like to, to say it aloud, to actually speak it. Yeah. It's a, it's a different it's and it's and to some degree we'll get to this talk, like what it's like to live online, but to be in a room with people as a poet mm-hmm. provides a particular kind of connection point. Do you mm-hmm. find that, like, you know, for you, do you end up leaving a tour date understanding seeing feeling differently about your own work do you walk out be like oh my gosh I hate that piece or like oh I really fell in love with that piece like does it change the nature of your relationship with your own work
1: yes and I don't think I would be touring if I hadn't had that experience yeah okay if the words that I've written didn't mean so much to me Hmm. that I thought that other people needed to hear them as well um And that I've always wrestled with with that, with like the words that I write and wanting to call them good, Um, because I don't necessarily see myself as like this great writer. But I if anything, I'm a really great feeler, like Hmm. I just feel a lot of things and I'm able to put those feelings into words. And I think that when you're able to communicate those feelings or those emotions or those questions or wonderings, it's going to help other people break through Break through the own walls that they've kind of built up, or the things that they're struggling through. And so when I'm when I'm sharing poetry face to face with people, and then and then really it's it's what's happening while I'm doing it, and then afterwards. Yeah. Like when you see, um, there was I did a show down in Houston one time, and um, there was a guy who sat in the back with his arms crossed the entire time, <laughs> like the the his body language is like looking at me. And he was like, like, you knew this guy like either either drove trucks across the country or did things with oil. Like we're in Houston. (laughs) This is what like. And he just sat there, stared at me the whole time. And like, (laughs) and I was just like, this guy hates me. Like he probably this is my last show ever because I'm not making out of here live. He's the last person to leave the venue. He comes up to me afterwards and like tears in his eyes goes, I needed that.
0: Oh, that's so good. And
1: I was like, Oh. He's like, you wouldn't think so. And I was like, honestly, I didn't think so at all, because this is the way that you look the entire time. And I like mimicked him back to himself. And he was like, yeah, that's just how I am. I get that. I understand. Um, but it's it's moments like that in the stories that you hear after shows or just seeing like somebody like nod their head, uh, like constantly while you while you read or while you share something. It's 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 that approval. But it's not it's not just approval. It's hey, what you're saying is is hitting me in a place that um, that nothing has before yeah or has for a while and that's kind of why I started doing this whole poetry thing is I just wanted to help people and this is this is the way that I feel like I can do that the best so
0: those moments with uh you know when someone comes and says something along those lines those those are those are fantastic moments like i needed that part of the trick with art in general but definitely a trick with poetry it had like there is there is a a a bit that has to do with interpretation so one like um when i let go of something in the world as an artist regardless of what it is i kind of let go of the control I have over it like I put you know I put words in someone's life I to some degree at least mean a certain thing by the set of words by the particular words but as soon as I let it go and it's online or it's in there it's in the mic it's in the speakers it's a, it's in, and then it gets into someone's head they do something else with it almost every time. Like this, like, it, like words, I'll, I'll do a thing on the podcast oftentimes with guests. So like I'll just kind of run down a list of words and be like, hey, I'm just going to put this word on the table. You tell me what you think it means or tell me like what it does in you. And I'll say things like, you know, blackness or whiteness or femininity. And depending on who I'm talking to, that's not fundamental shifts, but it's pretty, it can be a pretty broad spectrum of like, oh, this is what this is for me as a poet you're spending really particular time on a set of words and then you let them go and someone else is going to do something in their own heart and mind with those words can you talk about that interaction where someone's and and sometimes it's a matter of like you know someone spits something back at you and you're like this yeah that's what was in my heart when i wrote it and sometimes someone's like Hey, you know, I, I, I think, you know, this poem, like this does the thing with me and my mom, you're like, this has nothing to do with motherhood Mm -hmm. and, or my kids Or like, yeah, this took me all the way back to high school. And you're like, why can you talk about like that? Like that letting go process of like, okay. Yeah. How, you know, whatever it does in your life, do you have like, are there boundaries there for you? Or like, Hey, I don't, I don't want you to think that way. Just talk about like that, that, that letting go (laughs) bit.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's I think you're dead on um, one of the first poems that I ever wrote. It's a poem called Dear You. And it was more of the, it, it's this poem where it's like uh, it basically starts out by saying I wrote this for you. Hmm. And so and I even have that. in like the like the very first page of of my the first book that I released It was I wrote this for you. And just like that, that that for me is this reminder that I wrote it for them and they're going to do whatever they want to with these words, yeah. whether they're going to like them, understand them, connect with them, dismiss them, like whatever it may be. But they are now they are now their words. And the, the, the words that I've written, they might, you know, might open doors or it might shut them. I hope hopefully it opens up doors. Um, but there have been some things that I've written where somebody sent me a message and say, hey, like, this is what this poem meant means for me or or did to me. And my response is always well, tell me more about that. Because for me, like the poem that I wrote about, whatever it may be, was probably pretty far off from what they said. How I don't have any like clear examples right now, but, um, you know, oftentimes somebody will say, hey, when you read this or when you said this line, this is where – this is where I went. And hmm. sometimes they'll even come back with, and I'm sure you you felt this as well. Maybe they'll come back with a question and say, why did you say this? Or why did you say it in this way? Yeah. And it, it's really helpful for me, uh, cause it kind of like challenges what I've written. Yeah. And, uh, even some of my earlier stuff where I, looking back, I, I in and what I know now I would have written it differently, but sometimes the answer is, well, I was 22 when I wrote that, you know, and I'm not 22 anymore. Um, yeah. but this is what it meant then to me yeah um, and that's why i kept it in the book or that's why i i share it every other night or whatever it may be yeah um, but it is it is always beautiful to for f- to write something and for somebody to take that and then make it their own
0: hmm. and i
1: and i think that's just a, a a beautiful way of like navigating the world with art um because there are some other like there are some pieces that of, of other artists that i really love or or even just like songs right like my favorite band is uh, is Newfound Glory. Uh, they're from Florida as well, just so we have it. Uh, but I I'm growing up, I, I I loved, and I still love Newfound Glory and they still put out music 20 years later. It's amazing. But the the things that they've written have connected with me so deeply. And then when I go to a show and they say something like, yeah, we wrote this song because this, this and this, I'm like, huh. Does that change it for me, or does it not? And yeah. most of the time, it's like, nope, it doesn't change it for me, because this is what their art means means to me and means for me. Hmm. Um, so
0: that's good. Yeah. And in, in your context as well, I mean, some of what you deal with has to do with religious faith, with religious culture, with you know, you know at times you are pretty intentionally trying to take what folks are what you think people might be wrestling with or dealing with in terms of their religious faith or their practice and trying to help steer or maybe rearrange or kind of give some altitude playing around with or experimenting with or working in language in the context of religion can be just flat out dangerous and weird and troublemaking. Um, do you feel a responsible, like, uh, do you feel a responsibility to, cause it, it's, it's, I it, should I say this? There's like the responsibility a person feels towards an audience. So we're going to have a little bit of that conversation, but then in your context, there's, there's potentially this responsibility you have to like a, a religious tradition or your religious tradition or someone else's religious tradition. Can you talk about navigating that a little bit? Cause like. Does it put, uh, you know, does it put restrictions on things for you? Do you feel like, oh, I don't want to cross these lines, or is there like a specter of like, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this space? Talk about the, like the role of responsibility, leadership, religion as a poet trying to connect with and guide people.
1: Yeah, I certainly do feel a responsibility to help those who believe similar things to what I believe. To help lead them and help them navigate the questions and the, the just the weirdness of of being alive and everything. Mm-hmm. I should preface it like everything is touchy, especially in the world that we live in now. Like everything that you say, someone can kind of can twist your words or come at you from this angle or that angle or or whatever it may be. And so when I write, really what I want to do is I want to help people navigate the questions that they have or even the faith that they either once were clinging to or or continue to cling to. Um, So a lot of my writing kind of comes out of that place of of wrestling, wondering, um, uncertainty like just having a bunch of questions and knowing something deep down but not knowing how to believe that in the hardship or hmm. in the in the fear or whatever it may be um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a writer who likes to push boundaries Um that's just that's not my style and plus I'm not I am not good at conflict just not not good at it as a person so I just like, in
0: general like as you a, don't as want a
1: human it. being yeah conflict is not really my thing uh trying to get better at it but also i don't want to anyways um so when i write i what i really want to do is i want to help rather than hinder. And I don't want to put, be some sort of uh, stumbling block for somebody else or to write something that gets them uh, confused or riled up. And I also, I'm not even sure I'm capable of writing those things because I'm just hmm. kind of taking the questions that I have and the wondering that I have and, and the faith that I have in writing it with with my belief in in who Jesus says he is and that there's hope for the world in writing out of that, that belief. So, I'm not sure that the things that I write are going to create uh, a division um, or become something for somebody else that's going to hinder them from from taking a step forward yeah. uh, now i'll I'll have those conversations but I'm not necessarily sure it's going to show up in the things that I've written and if it has it's kind of been from a place of me questioning huh. what I believe you know does that make any sense
0: oh totally yeah like you're not trying to stir conflict you don't want to be you're not trying to like shake anybody up you're trying to you know meet folks where they're at but like you're not looking for for conflict and that's part of i think what i hear you say is like part of how you want to be responsible to your tradition or someone else's religious tradition is like you're not trying to shake someone out of their worldview you're trying to find the sort of the softer spots
1: and be like hey you're okay where you are exactly and i maybe i struggle with seeing myself as a teacher or a leader but i i don't struggle with seeing myself as as a believer and somebody who's good at wrestling with questions hmm. openly and seeing how that that is important and that matters. And that's, that doesn't mean that you don't have faith. That just means that you have some questions right now and it's okay to ask those. And so if I can be an example of somebody who openly wrestles with the truth that I believe, then that'll put somebody else in a, in a position to perhaps do the same because I I think that's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. I think it's a healthy thing to ask questions. I think it's a healthy, healthy thing to say, I don't know, or or I believe help my unbelief. Um, and if I can be somebody who comes alongside you with that, and and this is what your writing has done for me as well, is it kind of comes beside my questions and it says, hey, that's okay to ask. Here's something that I have learned. Hmm. And I want to also be somebody who says, hey, this is what I've learned. Not calling myself a teacher, just saying I, I, I'm a student as well. Um, so in especially when, when you put a lot of stuff on the internet, um, people are going to start seeing you as somebody who has answers. And I would say that I have more more questions than answers, but I'm going to keep asking them yes. because I know at least a few answers.
0: If you've been around the podcast for any amount of time, you know that I ask almost all my guests about their experience of life online. Part of why I do that is because I'm in a lot of conversations about the impact that online life has on our happiness. We look around at people in our similar stations of life and wonder why we are not there. And that can cause a bit of dysmorphia a sense of displacement from the life we're actually living. And maybe you're like a lot of folks who are struggling with that, or maybe you're just facing depression, or you're just stressed, you're anxious. Maybe you got some trauma you don't know what to do with. BetterHelp is actually available right now to you, and it is more affordable than offline counseling. In fact, if you jump right now to betterhelp.com slash at C, that's A-T-S-E-A, They'll give you 10% off your first month just because I sent you. That's not a ploy. That's them and me taking your mental health seriously. Jump to betterhelp.com slash at C. That's A-T-S-E-A. There's a traditional scriptural warning of like, hey, don't, don't go t- calling yourself a teacher. Like, don't you know? Don't you know? Don't just go out there and be like, yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm a leader. I'm a specific in terms of religion. Like, yeah, I'm a I'm a religious leader. Uh, and and you, you know, you mentioned like the p- particular cultural climate we you and I function in. You know, and a- anyone over the age of 19, hell, anyone over the age of 16 is like, well, I'm an influencer, and you're like, which is like what. Well, <laughs> Well, yeah, and the thing is, like, well, it, it, sure on no. one hand, well, on one hand, it's like, well, yeah, of course you are. Because anything you do, like, people are watching you. So there's something that's true about that. But then there's, like, the authority part of it that's like, okay, you're intentionally leading people. You're intentionally influencing in what direction. And so you, you know, this, uh, I guess, trepidation of, like, I don't want to call myself a leader. There's something that comes with, like, I know where I'm going Like when we start talking about leadership that um, there is a wisdom to saying I I, like I'm just I'm meeting you where you are and I'm sharing and I'm guiding. But to take my hands off of the like, listen, I've like I've got us headed in the right direction. Trust me, we've got this kind of a thing. There's there's something he said, like there is a line there was like, I don't want you to call me a leader quite yet. That maybe comes with some age and some time and some failure. That like for a time, be public, by all means, be public, but be humble as well. Like say, this is what I'm thinking, but don't say I'm right about it until you've been wrong enough to know the difference.
1: Well, and I've, I've been somebody who in the past have been like, I'm a leader, right? Like I've held positions where I was looked to and I was called the leader of this group. And there have been times where, uh, you know, I look back and I was like, man, you were not ready for that at all. Mm. And and there's there's had to have been some sort of hurt between relationships that have happened in those instances as well and i've also been led by people who called themselves leaders and who constantly talked about leadership and tweeted leadership quotes and i did not want to follow them yeah. because all they did was talk about leadership and that's not that's that i just, that's just not where i'm at and yeah. that's not the person that i am right now um, but you know like i and like you said is it's it's humility yeah. Like I want to, I want to step forward with humility and I want to lead with humility and I want to learn as a humble human being, um, because I think that's like, like, that's the key. I've listened to a, uh, a couple of podcasts from uh, former or current NBA player, JJ Redick, and he often asks people on his podcast, he says, you know, like, what's a, you know, one characteristic of a leader that you respect or, or want to have? And the answer that always sticks out is it's humility. Hmm. And So right now for me, like I'm in this, like, I just, I want to learn how to be more humble as a human being. And uh, I know that there's a lot that I don't know. And I know there's a question, a lot of questions that I'm asking, um, but I also think that leadership is going to look pretty different um, for this next generation moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, and just just on the record, I'm not an influencer. <laughs>
0: I'm <am> not. <laughs> no, I'm taking 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 my name out of that hat. Yeah, um. No thanks. I'm living good. online, you know, being uh. You spend a lot of time. Uh, you, you post to Instagram and um, you post I th- to some degree to Facebook. And I don't know how. I don't know how active you are on Twitter. Are you, I don't know. Are you a Twitter person? Do you avoid that mess over there.
1: I love Twitter. Do you love Twitter? I, okay, so good. here's 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 my experience with Twitter. I don't do a lot on Twitter. Although one time I did have a viral tweet. So I have reached. Was the it about what, of Twitter.
0: Okay, was it? Did it have anything to do with Taylor Swift? Because that's how you get that done. Just say no. You, know. you want to get you want to get a tweet no. moving. You got to involve Taylor.
1: I I called a woman a monster. But here's the situation. <laughs> she threw, me, this she so threw so away already. the center of a cinnamon roll, oh, and so okay. I tweeted that I just witnessed somebody throw away the center of a cinnamon roll, like the best part of it, and. I was at a coffee shop and, and, and I, you know, it's like this woman just threw away a center like she's a monster. Right. Um, and then I checked my phone like an hour later and it was just blowing up. Um, and I've n- never done anything as good as that. And like, why couldn't it have been something that I really cared about? That went viral. <laughs> because you know, that's like never how that works. Or my book. Right. You know why? No. But no, it's it's a bad look for. And this is why I'm not a leader. I called a woman a monster and you just shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's right. exactly right. right. Yes, um, absolutely. You would have had it I, revoked I had anyways. Been, yeah I have been introduced at shows though as the the cinnamon roll guy which I you know okay I'm okay with that yeah um no I I do I love I love I really enjoy Twitter uh, but most of my my work and in interactions do take place on Instagram and and Facebook and um it's a it's a fascinating space and time to be somebody who puts things on the internet yeah and you kind of navigate that it's just it's
0: yeah. are you happy there do you like living online is it is it because for some folks and not that there's like a spectrum well i guess there's something it's not all that broad a spectrum in all honesty is like so for some folks it's like i'm online because i have to be because of my job or because of this, or i'm online and i want to see my friends but i hate all the this and the other this like it's not a broad spectrum but there's a spectrum of folks who are like i like it i love it And I'm kind of okay with it. Like, do you love being there? Do you feel connected? That's one. So the first part is like, do you like being online? And then secondly, do you experience that as a real place? Do you find like the relationships you have, the interactions you have, do they feel real to you? Are they real to you? Talk about being online.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I like being online as written to speak. So uh, written to speak is what I created seven or eight years ago. And it's just, it's me, but it's like a different name. Uh, I always put it in terms of like, uh, do you know, the band dashboard confessional? Oh, yeah. Right. It's just like one guy, but he's like, we're dashboard confessional. And he has like other guys who play them, but he's still just one person. Yeah. And so that's kind of what written speak is for me. And so I have different accounts, I have personal accounts, and then uh, a written to speak account as well. And, and I really enjoy the interactions that I get through written to speak. Hmm. It is difficult to be on personal accounts these days, uh, just because everything just doesn't f- it, it almost feels real. But it also is like, I would much rather have a conversation with you or call you on the phone, um, than keep up with like, friends who were in my botany class in college. Right. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, it's okay. Like I I love, I still love to see it, but I also just would rather talk to, uh, talk to on the phone and catch up with you in that way. But, um, I've had some, I I would say some meaningful conversations and interactions with people because of my poetry account, because of written to speak and the work that I do there. Um, I've had conversations with people from all across the country, who have stumbled upon my work and used it in various ways, and for that I, I, I'm extremely grateful. And and I get you know messages every day about something that either I wrote that meant something for them, or somebody shared it with somebody else, or um, a lot of it has to do with with mental health. And um, you know, receiving messages like um, I read this poem the other day, and I was going to kill myself, but I'm going to stay for another day. And so when you get messages like that, like, how can it not like, how can I not wake up the next day and want to keep doing it? And how does that not mean something uh, to me and to other people? So Hmm. I do I I do like especially since touring has been taken away from me this year uh, and maybe in the future as well. I'm not sure. uh, But building those relationships and getting to hear the stories of other people and to talk with them and you know it's always funny and i bet you get these messages too where it starts off with i doubt you'll ever see this and it's like i saw it like 10 minutes after you sent it and uh i'm gonna wait like 30 more minutes before i respond to you um but like getting those messages and then being able to respond to people and to act not like to say like no i hear you i see you and i'm going to ask you some questions about hmm. the thing that you sent me and to to show people that just because you have some sort of followership or on the internet that doesn't mean that you're any different from anybody else hmm. like don't don't let that separate you like or don't, just because you think this person is an influencer or hmm. whatever name you want to call them they're just it's just a, we're all just people hmm. we're all just asking questions and we all just want people to see us That's you know good. and so when I'm you know I so I really do enjoy the aspect of of being online with written to speak but is it and is the internet real it most certainly is real uh but it's exhausting and so I try not to spend as much time on there as, as I have in the past but I mean you know when your job is on the internet like that's where you have to be but you also have to be able to put up these boundaries and these and these limits for yourself as well.
0: So talk about putting a book together. So the other end of the spectrum from, you know, from you know posting stuff online where, you know, from the standpoint of like material, like actual physical material con- in a connection words face to face, have a particular thing. There's kind of a, there's, there's a, there's a, thing there that's like a human interaction. That's more about like being in the room with people posting something online. It's not, it's still like it's kind of, there's a kind of gap you, you put words in a book there's something about the book, right? And I like, I'll coach, I'll coach clients pretty regularly. They're like, yeah, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And I'm trying to move people away from putting things in books as often because like, I, it's, it's a particular thing. Like you have to know, I, I would suggest you have to know what it is you really want with like, if you're going to make a book, know why don't just do it. Cause you're just mm-hmm. generally supposed to, cause it's, it's a freaking mess and it's weird and it's hard. Talk about like, Why, why put, you know, you've got, you've got a crap ton of followers online. If you post, uh, you know, when you post a poem, you'll, you'll, you know, you've got like 40 or 50,000 people paying attention to it at Instagram alone, which like, you know, the average book sells like 200 copies or some crap. Like it's not like, you know what I mean? So you, you touch more people Mm -hmm. online why like why make a book what's the for you what was the point of putting together because you've done this is your second book now right right yeah so you've done two books why like what what's the point of it for you
1: first of all i i love i love seeing completed projects and i love i love setting goals and then crossing them off. Like that's part of it. Hmm. But also after, after having done shows and, and gotten to speak at places, people would say, well, where can I, where can I read these? Where can I read your poems? And I didn't have them anywhere. Like I had them like maybe in old blog posts and, uh, you know, scattered throughout Instagram, but there was not like a place where you could just sit down and read through them. And so, um, and then I had a friend approach me and say, "Hey, man, like I'm putting together a publishing company. Do you want to do a book?" Hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, like a, I, I do." And it was always a dream of mine to to put something out and to have a book out um, for the world to to hold and to see. And I just think that there's something there's something beautiful about not being on your phone, like not looking at a screen and, mm. and reading words. And I think especially with, with poetry. And so like my first book has a bunch of like long form poems inside of it. But the, the book that I just released is called as you go. And it's, I mean, most of the page is white, but with like, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 70 words on a page, but just to be able to to sit with those words and to reflect on them yeah, or to meditate on them or to pray them. Like I, I I think that's, I think it's hopeful and I think that it matters. Hmm. And I've always, I've always been, Like, uh, I, truthfully, I, I love the internet um, and I, I love technology, but there's just something about getting away from the things that we're always on and spending time with a different medium or just time away from, from the noise. And I think that poetry does a great thing of, of kind of helping people escape into help them remind and remember the things that they believe or to help them take that next step uh to the person that they're becoming and so the reason you know there's a lot of reasons why i wanted to write a book but i've also seen how people have responded to it um it's kind of the same way like i said earlier with with just my poetry in general is i wouldn't go around sharing it if it didn't mean something to somebody else and so i wouldn't put it in a book if somebody didn't say hey can you put that in a book for us to read Hmm. or for us to sit with um and I wanted, and the other thing is, is I get to visit, I guess this is, I have a lot of answers. This is a great question. When you have like 13 answers for one yes. question. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: loving this. It's fantastic. But you,
1: but you also know that you're like, you're terrible at answering questions if you have 13 <laughs> answers
0: for one question. <laughs> or or maybe great. Who knows?
1: We'll, yeah. we'll <laughs> let the people maybe. decide. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not. I don't, I don't want to create any conflict here. Um, but uh, going into schools is something that I, I love to go visit. Uh, classrooms and to share poetry with kids. And yeah. and um one of the things that I get to do is I get to hold up a book in front of them. And then they come up to me afterwards and they say, I want to do that. And I would say, well you can do it. And then I give them a copy of the book and say, hey, you can do this. You can, you can write your own book. I mean it's not like if I can do it, you can do it as well. Hmm. When I was younger I always thought that if you, you know, only like a select few people could release a book yeah but not anymore. Yeah. like anybody can release a book, which doesn't mean that you you should, but like maybe you've written something great that needs yeah. to be shared with the world or maybe you just have a dream of sharing a book too. So I like to give people my book and say, well, you can do it as well, right? Like there like it is a it is a dream worth achieving. Like you are capable of doing this. And so I want to spread that around with as many kids as possible because I don't I don't think that I'm the I'm the best writer by any means. I think i'm 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 fine, fine, decent. But I know that there are third graders out there who are much better writers than I'll ever be, hmm. and they just need to see another writer or another poet see that in them, and that's that's why I do it.
0: That's good. Um, give me a little breakdown of um, your actual your actual process. So, um, you know, in as you do, you you, uh, you know, you'll you'll speak with. Uh, kids in third grade kids in seventh grade you're you're like a lot of your um a lot of your base are folks who are in their 20s and early 30s people are paying attention on instagram they're folks who are sort of like younger maybe early career maybe beginning of second career maybe they've lost their first job and they're trying to figure stuff out and they're like yeah i'm I'm thinking about you know poetry i'm thinking about so the the I, like the the notion of uh like a creative practice it's always a mystery for folks right it's always like this how do you get from x to to y how do you get from a to z how do you how do you make the thing and then so because there isn't an answer to that like there is no there is no creative process in the macro there's no like this is how pe- people get things right. done What's it look like for you? Like, do you keep things in a journal? Do you capture? Do you, do you finish things top to bottom? Is it always random? Because I don't think that's almost ever true. Once in a while, it's like, yeah, I don't have any kind of creative process that just shows up. For you, there's a, there's a pretty, um, not standardized, but it's a recognizable structure to what you end up making manifest in the world. How does that end up there? Does it start in a journal? Does it does it start? Do you keep the like six or seven ideas floating at the same time? Take me from zero to published piece.
1: Yeah, well, um, by published piece, do you mean just like um, a poem on Instagram? Or- yeah,
0: to me, it's all publishing. That's okay. that's what I was saying earlier. Is like if you yeah. oh, if yeah. if you push something to Instagram, which you did this morning, like if you if you push stuff to Instagram, to me, that's publishing. Every single inch that putting a book in the world is—it's just a different form of publishing. Once I put something else in someone's life, I've
1: not published. Mm-hmm. Well, for to put things on Instagram, and, and that's um, it's always it's always funny when people are like, "Wait, you also do spoken word poetry? Wait, you also do this?" And it's like, yeah, we like creative people do a lot of different things. So you just may only see one or two of those things, you know, online. Um, but for me to put something on on Instagram, I I usually spend like the first. 30, 45 minutes of a day just kind of putting words down on a Word document. I wish I was somebody who was like, I have a journal and I write in that journal every single day. And I, I've had those seasons where I do that. But right now it's like I open up a Word document and I just let things fly. Hmm. And then I'll go back and reread it. It's I, I, I hardly ever – um, edit while I write, I mostly just write. And then when I'm like, okay, that's, I'm done with that. And then I go through and edit and then, um, for to, to make it onto Instagram, it's just like, I just pull out some, a line or two that I like, or maybe it's in the editing process where I take, you know, this paragraph and whittle it down to 10 words. Hmm. Um, and so that's really how it's gone the last couple of years, or I'll be sitting at, you know, at church or listening to music and somebody will say something and I'll be like, and then well, it'll, it'll take my mind to this place and I'll just jot it down in my notes on my phone. Sure. Um, so that's kind of been my process over the the last year or so. But, um, even like before all that, it was, I would just write as much as I could and then kind of see what, what comes out of it. Huh. Um, there've been a couple couple of poems that I've written that have turned into four or five different poems. Yeah. You know, and then there's been four or five different poems that have turned into just one yeah. poem as well. So it's, it's a lot of just like sitting with the words and kind of seeing which, like, where are they taking you? Yeah. Or what story do you want to tell? Or, you know, what message do you want to communicate? Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of different processes that I have, but mostly for Instagram, it's just, all right, I'm just gonna sit down for a little while. And then, um, you know, if you look at my feed, it's like, oh, you have like, you know, your, your poems are like, you know, ten words, or whatever yeah. it may be, and uh, I really enjoy the the simple, straightforward. Plus, I am, I am really bad at grammar and huh. punctuation, so like it's just very simple. Yeah, so it's just like I put these, and then you read them however you want to. Yeah, because again, I don't want to cause conflict, and I don't want to be like, well, actually, the the comma doesn't go there, so I don't put commas in you know what? It's my life. I'm going to do what I want.
0: (laughs) That's right. Um, Talk about, so where, where do things live until they're, you know, quote unquote done? Do you, are you using an app? You write with, you write with a pencil, you write with a pen. Like where do things hang out while they're in process?
1: It's all, it's either Google notes or just like random, like random sheets of paper, right? Like I have one, uh, something next to me that says poems to finish. And there is about, 12 that I have started and they're all word documents and I'll go back through and I'll just write a little bit each time and I'll put in it's basically like I'll 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 run a sprint through the poem and add what I can and then be like all right I'll come back to it maybe again tomorrow oh, or really? if I get really fixated on it then I'll just uh, I'll just stick with that one for a little while but usually for me I it's I think, I don't know, nobody really knows how their brain works, right? Or maybe they do. I just don't know how mine works, but I just like, I'm good at going here, here, here in this, just as much as possible. And so I'm taking little steps with each project every day. Um, And in some days it might finish or it might be erased. You never know. Um, So I'm constantly working on just too many different things, but I, I enjoy that part of this
0: job. Um, down the line. So you,
1: uh, you've been at this how long now? So I started, uh, written to speak in 2013. Yeah. Uh, I was, it's my first year out of college and I, I started it and, uh, it's changed drastically since the beginning and truly only in the last about two, two years I've had, I guess what you would call success where it's, I've been able, like in, in August of 2019, this became my full-time job. Um, But it took, you know, six years to get to that point.
0: Yeah. Give me in your mind, if things play out for you, if things work, like your plans, touring books, um, what does life look like for you 15 years from now? If, If things work out the way you want them to. You're writing poems. Are you traveling? Are you like what? What is it that you're wanting to see? If you could, if it could work the way you wanted it to, if it worked exactly the way you wanted it to, what's happening 15 years from now for you?
1: I would. As, now that's a good question. I mean, all the other ones have been good too, but I don't have an answer for this. I would say more of the same thing. Okay. I truly, I I love I love what I get to do right now. I, I love. um communicating and interacting with people on the internet and face to face as well. Um, I love putting out books, but I also really love coming alongside other artists and creatives and, and encouraging them and helping them in the ways that I can. So I think in, in 15 years from now, I'd love to, I, I don't necessarily love the word consulting, but I would like to be some sort of consultant for other artists and creatives, um, and communicators of how to get their message across and how to, how to spread hope in the way that, that only they can do it. Um, I would really, I, I, I've thought about this too, like in 15 years, I'll be 47. Math's hard, but I think I just did it. Yeah. Um, I'll be 46, 47 years old. And I don't know how many people are going to want a 47-year-old poet to be visiting their fourth grade class yeah. and sharing poems. Now, maybe, I don't know, that, that. maybe that's just my own insecurity thinking that through. Because um, I would love to do that. Um I don't know I, I I see myself encouraging and I see myself still asking questions and uh, i I hope to be able to be working alongside uh, more creatives and more artists to put whether it's kids' books out or um mm-hmm. albums of poetry out or or whatever it may be, um uh, but just ways that I can spread hope in the only way that I know how, which right now it's poetry.
0: It's good well, man, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I mean it, it was, i I'm really glad we got to connect and. I love seeing your stuff online. I like I, I, I like your posture. I like the way you approach folks. We that's where we started. Was like, hey, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to push you in a particular direction. Like I like that you meet folks. Your attempt, your angle is like this is where people are living. This is what you're seeing going on with folks. And you're like, hey, I I live in this place too. I resonate with that as well. And I like that you write things that are really clearly angled to find those soft spots and say, it's okay to be here. And there. there's a next step for you. You don't even have to know what it is. It's hopeful without being like 1987 Hallmark because Hallmark's gotten way better. We make fun of Hallmark, but they guess they're they really good now. But like 1987 Hallmark was trash because it was just so like, it's going to be fine. Everything's glorious. And it wasn't. like. And you don't do the everything's glorious thing, but you do provide a kind of cautious slow hope for folks in your work. And I really appreciate that you do it.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that, that, that truly means a lot. And I, I mean, I said this earlier, but I truly am a big fan of your work. Um, but since this is your podcast, I'm not going to go on and on, about, <laughs> on and on about how, how great and wonderful you are. Cause I know it just gets kind of, gets kind of awkward, but I hope, you know, uh, truly, like I look forward to reading what you write and what you write means a great deal to me.
0: Oh man, that, that hits in the right spot, dude. Thanks a ton. And thank you for joining me for this episode of the At Sea podcast. If you would like to follow up with Tanner Olson, read his books, buy his books, read more of his work, or join his Patreon, you can jump to WrittenToSpeak.com. If you'd like to be part of the team of the folks who are making this podcast, the At Sea podcast with Justin McRoberts, happen, jump to Patreon.com slash Justin McRoberts and join our team. We would love to have you. A lot of what we've got planned next will be, in my estimation, the best and most exciting work this podcast has seen. We'd love to have you on the team. Until next time.